This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be What up, podcast? Uh, big shout out to Evan Carmichael uh, on his YouTube channel, which he crushes. He does a lot of good content using a lot of very interesting people's stuff. Uh, he put together this uh, Gary V. 50 principles kind of piece of content. We actually took out his voice. So, to Evan, I'm just kidding. Uh, we took out his voice uh, and we voiced over. And I think you're going to enjoy it. Uh, big shout out to Evan, but more importantly, take a seat and really pay attention to these 50 principles because I think he synthesized it in a great way and I think that it will help quite a few of you because I think 26 of them you've got or 31 of them you've got but hearing them in a complete 50 has an impact. I hope you enjoy it. Number one, bet on your strengths. Your strengths and don't give a about what you at. You're gonna, uh, way too many people in this room are gonna spend the next 30, 40 years of their lives trying to check the boxes of the things that they're not as good at and that you're gonna waste a load of time and lose. I highly recommend auditing yourself or if you have no empathy or EQ or self-awareness then find somebody in your family or friendship that does and let them tell you who you are and once you believe that either for yourself or someone else told you go directly all chips all into that because that is the only possible way in my opinion watching from the outside that is let me rephrase that is a very highly likely way of over indexing because the truth is, if you want to be an anomaly, you've got to act like one. You know, like, and so that's it. That's what I got. So thanks for having me. Number two, work. How do you get money to do what you love? You don't, right? I lost a load of money when I started doing what I loved. What you do is you position yourself to succeed. So for example, if you're doing something else and you, and you want to do this thing you love, you do it after hours. You work nine to six, you get home, you kiss the dog, and you go to town, right? I mean, you start building your equity and your brand and whatever you're trying to accomplish after hours. You, everybody has time. Stop watching Lost. That's a good overheard, right? That was a good overheard. So, you know what I mean? I mean, if you want this, if you want bling bling, if you want to buy the jets, if you want to do work. That's how you get it. Number three, put business in perspective. My question is, I'm an entrepreneur, it's very great but not all days are great in a company. So what are your tips and tricks for you know, tough days? I think there's massive confusion around entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship, I mean, it's lonely, it's high risk. I mean, I can't live without it, but it's like a bad boyfriend, right? Or girlfriend, right? Like, like it's, there's a ton of bad days being an entrepreneur. Not to mention 98% of entrepreneurial ventures are gonna fail. So there's gonna be a really bad day in your future. Um, you know, Hopefully not for you, um, or any of you. You know, for me, I don't, you know, I think this is a very personal question. I, I think it's how you're wired. I'm so all in entrepreneur, I prefer the pain. I think one of the reasons I love the Jets so much is because they bring me so much pain. You know, I, I love the climb. To me, the setback is exciting. I love when something goes wrong. It's where I shine the most. Um, but that's not for everybody. Right, I mean, it can be very difficult and when you start affecting your life and your loved ones and all the other things, it can get real nasty. To me, the way I handle things, even in the few rare days when I really struggle, I take a real step back and make pretend that somebody called me and told me that my mother or daughter were killed. And I know that's very dark and I apologize, 
but it's really what I do. I literally am able to, at my deepest, most struggling moment within business, take a step back and remind myself that I could make a trillion dollars tomorrow on Bitcoin and, and if something bad happened to the people I love the most, that it would mean nothing. And it very consistently rewires me very quickly. I just put business in perspective. At the end of the day, you know, it's, it's money. For me, it's not really money, it's my legacy, so I get hurt by it a little bit more. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, you know, I put it in perspective, it's money. And you know what, up until I had a daughter, even while I was married, up until when I had Misha four years ago, I secretly wanted to lose all my money. I had this weird, twisted, dark fantasy of losing everything just to rise again like a phoenix and remind you <laughs> Number four, execute your ideas. My assistant's got a great thing now in this. Once in every four months, somebody sends an email saying, I've got a huge startup that I want you to invest in, but you've got to sign this NDA, right? Which literally every time gets an email back that says you, right? <laughs> and, and the reason is, I'm a humongous believer that ideas are and that execution's the game, right? We've all got ideas. Everybody's got ideas. Do you mean ideas we all have here, we could probably sit here for the next two hours, draw them all out, record them, and predict the next 78 great startups over the next nine years. And? So I think the thing that is another theme in entrepreneurship is there is way too much fodder brought to the idea. Uber was Magic Cab three years earlier. Uber is not an idea, Uber existed. It's called Magic Cab. But the guys that executed it, so they lost. So I think, you know, if there's any level of romance left in this room about your idea, I'd like to suffocate it. Because I think the actual situation is what you actually do with it. Number five, don't overlook storytelling. You know, the reason I feel storytelling is the most underrated uh, skill in business is because it doesn't get talked about a whole lot. And I don't think that people realize it's happening when it's happening. And most of all, I don't think that many people are really good at it. So like when I watch a Steve Jobs keynote about a new product, I don't care about the new tech. I don't care about the iPad or the iPhone. I cared about the way he was presenting it. You know, when, when I see David Blaine, this is a magician. If you ever pay attention to what he's doing, he's storytelling you the whole way, and then it's the big kick. So if you understand what the consumer wants, then you backtrack and you tell the story to get them emotionally there, that's how things sell. That's marketing. There's a very big difference between marketing and sales. And so the reason I think that people are missing why things succeed is because of storytelling. And I think it's overlooked. I think people look at the X's and O's and the black and the white, but I think storytelling, when done right, takes a product that should have sold $100 million worth of stuff and it sells a billion dollars worth of stuff. Number six, care about your customers. In, 19, in 2001, it snowed in New Jersey uh, on December 23rd, which was the, one of the busiest days of the year. Typically, December 23rd is the busiest day of the year in a liquor store. Um, and a woman called us, we just started shipping, and her case of Behringer White Zinfandel wasn't delivered. First of all, I appreciate the people that know what Behringer White Zin is, good job. <laughs> the entire case, by the way, 15 pack, the entire 15 pack case cost $45. We're doing about $40,000 an hour in the store. She calls. 
I find out about it somehow, it was buzzing, because I was on the floor selling. I am the premier salesman on the floor, as you can imagine. <laughs> I find out about it, and we're debating what to do. She needs it for her Christmas dinner. I grab the case, throw it in my car, and drive to Bergen County to deliver it. It takes me two and a half hours to complete the whole thing. The woman was 194 years old. We didn't have a lot of lifetime value on the back end there. She looked like Yoda. And the best part was, I delivered it, all pumped with myself, and she said, great, and closed the door. Awesome. Everybody, especially my dad, who was that I left because all the customers that came in asking for me or that I could have sold, everybody was baffled. I can't tell you what the ROI of driving through the snow in my car to deliver a case of $45 pink to a woman that looked like Yoda was. <laughs> but I can tell you this. Over the next two to three years, that story became the foundation of how we treated every single customer. It became our competitive edge. And those are the things that matter to me. I love black and white data. I'm obsessed with it. The day when the nerd beat me, I understood that the nerds beat me. And I respect the living of data, conversion funnels, all that But I'm telling you right now that there are way too many running businesses today with this and not enough people running businesses with this. And again, I swear on my life, I am not Mother Teresa, and I far from run my business just on this. But I'm telling you right now, the reason I amassed my following, the reason why I continue to retain it, is because my percentage of this far outweighs everything in this room. I mean it. That's how I feel and that's how I try to roll every day. And I promise you, if you are able to figure out how to afford, how to afford the allocation of this in your business more, your long-term value will be dramatically higher. Your long-term business success will be dramatically higher. Your grandparents, your great-grandparents built businesses based on this, it's how we built the whole thing. We got really lean and mean when we went to the suburbs and big box stores and all we cared about was dollars and it's great and the data matters and continue to use it and use this tool and understand it. But I'm asking you one final thing. When you go home, if this talk meant anything, and by the way, I fundamentally believe only three of you are gonna act on this talk, I do. Because what I talk about is ridiculously hard and massively frustrating and takes forever. You know, like everything that's good in life. <laughs> if you do anything because of this keynote, there's only one thing I ask you to do. Because as zenny as I got, I'm a practical Here's what I want from you. When you go home, look yourself in the mirror and audit everything you and your business do. I promise you that if you audit from top to bottom of expenses and effort and time and energy and payroll and all that, if you audit all of it, even the best of us, even the InBevs, which is the company that bought Budweiser, they built their whole business on like printing on both sides of the paper and all that horse. Even the most efficient ones of us are doing 20% dumb If you take that 8%, that 13%, that 16% of dumb that you're doing, paying that person that's not bringing any cultural value to your business, having that contract that you've just been in and you just renew because you're busy as whatever the you're doing, if you take any piece of that percentage and you apply it to giving a about your customer, 
It will be better for your business going forward because for the first time since we all lived in small towns where your reputation was the complete backbone of how you did business, for the first time because technology is bringing us back together in a small town, for the first time being good and caring and following up matters. It matters. How about doing something random act of kindness for a current customer, not the ones that unsubscribed or left? You know how you always do nice when they're going? How about while you've got them? Reallocate your thought process, I'm telling you, because the tools that the, is the umbrella of this, organiz, of this event are getting so good, so good. You know what that means? All that is about to become a commodity. Emotional EQ is going to dominate business over the next decade, and I implore you to start paying attention. And oh, by the way, I'll leave you with this. You know what the best part is? It feels good. Thank you. Number seven, stick to your DNA. The ability to adjust is the entire game. Like, I'm so proud that I change my mind every day. My dad used to get so when I was building Wine Library. He would always be like, He's like, he would say like, three months ago you said Ricky was gonna be the best employee. I'm like, I changed my mind, he fire him. Or, or he's like, you said sparkling wine was important, now you just eliminated it from the key spot. I'm like, I changed my mind. Like, my ability to only be comfortable in massive chaos has been my biggest asset as an entrepreneur. Like, I would never take a note. Like, that scares the out of me what these three people are doing right now, right? And so, now, 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 that may work for them, and I'm not, t- like, back to the opening statement, like, you need to do you. Like, some, plenty of people that make a load more money than me and one bigger take notes. The key, the key though, the key is way too many people are doing, like, here's a good one. You know what really me the off? I'm completely driven by, like, happiness, and, like, I'm crippled by, like, chaos, like, you know, VaynerMedia, which is now 500 people, update your um, <laughs> VaynerMedia is like completely dictated by, like I'm a dictator of HR. Like all I care about is the atmosphere. All I care about is how people, intern. All I care about is like how people roll. Like I, I think I've fired the four most talented, smartest people that have worked for me because if you don't know how to play with the other boys and girls, you're out because I suffocate under, you know, conflict and negativity and like nobody's better than me so you, you gotta go. So what really pissed me off in tech world was when S- Steve Jobs' book came out when he was dying, when it was all about Steve three or four years ago, I literally watched a lot of my tech startup friends start being like a to their staff because Jobs was tough, everybody fell into the romance of like I have this big vision and I'm gonna be a like Steve, right? And I thought that was really interesting for me to watch that half decade of like literally watching people I know and then watching them act differently because the status or the icon of the moment and you see a lot of that. And so like that is probably the energy I'm trying to bring to this class today which is you can look at like how people roll and like it's great to admire and things of that nature but it's so damn important to stick to like your DNA, right? And like what you're good at and to recognize that you need to surround yourself, whether it's your co-founder or whether it's the people that work for you. Like, all I do is hire the people that are the opposite of me, that bring the other value, that bring me the ability to remember what that meeting was about and go make sure it happens. You know, like, whatever it may be, right? And so I think that's another thing that I would highly recognize. Number eight, 
do the things that matter. I delegate everything that I think is not the single most important things in the world, and then I micromanage the things that I think are the most important things in the world. Luckily for me, hence why I've been able to build big companies, I don't think most things matter. So I don't think I'm any different than anybody else. I actually think everybody is a delegator and a micromanager. I just think that my radar of what's important is different. (laughs) Yes, we need to do something with that. That's guys, that's it right there. I'm just like you, we're all the same. We all delegate, we all micromanage. The difference is, I don't think most things matter. And what do I mean by that as I'm trying to think about somebody watching this for the first time instead of alluding to like people that have watched forever. Most things don't matter. <laughs> like, it, it, like, I don't know, like, just, I don't know, that's what it means. Like, uh, you know, like, if I was like, I don't know, I don't think lighting matters as much as DRock. Like, I just don't think things matter. Like, I don't think like one client that's gonna put us out of it, like, I don't think one employee is gonna kill our atmosphere. Like, like, like I, I don't think a lot of things matter. I don't think like, cro- like a misspelling in a deck is something that really matters to a lot of people in my company. It just doesn't matter to me. I just don't think so. Guys, guys, I don't think we're gonna lose the account because we put the I before the E. And if we do them, idiots, I don't think not being, I don't think not wearing shoes in an establishment is you know, the biggest thing in the world. Clearly, if you've watched Daily V1, some people do, and guess what? I do not judge, do not judge. Everybody's allowed to do their thing. It's just like parenting. I will never spew my parenting. I talk about it, but it's very holistic. Like this is what I do, not what I'm telling you to do. This is me, but like, so ultimately I think that I'm both. Like everybody in the world, I just think that I deem what's most important at a very, very high level on things that most people, you know what? A lot of you are commenting about my five minute meetings. Most of you, because you're part of my community, think it's great. A lot of comments in YouTube and Facebook of like, oh, I like Daily V because Gary spends five, that's nice. I, one comment, I work in a small, and by the way, this, whoever said this is gonna see this and be like, holy crap, he reads everything. Uh, I work at, I've worked at small companies where the boss didn't even know my name, you know what I mean? Like, this is cool, but do you know how many people think it's stupid? I, I have a lot of people in my life that think that I'm very busy and I have a lot of things to do and why in the world, Gary, it's not scalable. It's not sustainable. Yeah, you're making that face because you're so in our cocoon, but like, boy, just like, like, you know? Like, they're like, don't do that. It's not bad, nobody expects you to do it, not at this scale, and you have a great culture and you have great intent, just do that. I'm like, nope, this thing matters to me. So I'm micromanaging a hello into my company three to six months in that a lot of people outsource to an HR person or to the leadership. So I do unscalable things all the time, micromanaging, if I deem them the most important. Pitching new business. I like to micromanage that because it's important to win business. Like money helps me keep doing everything. (laughs) Number nine, don't make excuses. Roberto asks, what do you feel is a bigger obstacle to success, a lack of time or lack of capital? Roberto, this is a tremendous question. I think the biggest obstacle uh, to success is a lack of optimism. 
That question in itself is the problem, my friend, right? You're looking at two things that are both negatives, and guess what? Both of them are obstacles. When I started winelibrary.com transformation from my business, I had time, I worked my face off every minute, but we didn't have a whole lot of money in our profit center, so it took more time, right? It's just the way it is. Today, I have more money, but boy, don't I have time. But neither, ever, ever will be an excuse for me. And so, just to drill this through the throat of the Vayner Nation, that's right, I went that graphic. Don't smile, D-Rock. Here's the bottom line. I refuse to allow you to get an answer to that question because both of them are firmly square in the excuse column and I have no patience for that. There will always be problems. Let's talk about a million other things that are a way to stop success. The health and well-being of your family members so it takes your mind away from execution. The country you live in's government and political you know, concepts at these moments, a la startups in China that I've invested in that got traction, but then people that were wired into the government decided to not allow it to happen and then the startup disappeared. Not as easy to be an entrepreneur there. It's still a communist country. Sorry, it just is. And so all these things can be problems, right? There's a a competitor with a billion dollars who's also skilled and punches you in the mouth and knocks you out in the first round, right? The world changing. I mean, there's just a million obstacles, right? The media, one bad coverage of you. A, A moment in time. You know what I think about a lot? You know what I think about a lot? Let's get really real. This is why we did this show. I always, I'm a human being, and I always think about a moment in time. What if I just say the wrong thing at the wrong time, right? What if I call out China for being a communist country in an episode while I'm on a rant, and somebody who's watching doesn't like the way that tastes, and it takes away a business opportunity for me in China in seven years, even though I'm not trying to zing, it's just things that I saw. What if, what if, you know, what if, What if I look down on my phone while I'm driving, even though I've really not done that, and I hit somebody, and I kill them, and that becomes the story, and they're like, forget about the story about what you think of me, I will never recover from that, because I killed somebody, because I needed to check a tweet. These are moments in time. So there are so many things that can keep you from being successful, right? The the people that you invested in, having something happen to them, so it slows you down. My friends, there are a million reasons why not, but there's one great reason why, which is you've just gotta persevere, no matter what it is. It's just the way it is. It's hard being an entrepreneur. It's hard building a business. Everybody thinks it's so easy that there's an entitlement, there's a disaster. Zinging China, here comes my US zing right now. There is an insane generation of 18 to 25 year olds right now that think they're entitled to having a business because they saw the social network movie and everybody's decided if you're a kid and you know what tech is, because you used Instagram early on, you're entitled to actually build a business. Building a business is hard. And you know what makes it really hard? Everything that happens every day of every moment. So. You can pick time, you can pick money as the one or two things that you think stop you from winning your game, but the truth is there's a million reasons. 99% of businesses go out of business for a reason and that reason is it's hard. And so, if you're watching this show, I've got a sense of who you are and you need to start creating layers and layers and layers and layers of skin to be able to get through because the glamour of being an entrepreneur The goodness, you know, you get very confused by my optimism because it's my optimism, I can't help it, it's just how I roll, it's probably one of the variable 1% reasons why I'm successful. But please, don't get it twisted. This is hard 
Every day is hard. And if you don't have the stomach to weather the storm, you will not be successful. And by the way, let me throw you a real weird curveball, and that's okay. People have to look themselves in the mirror and understand if they're a number two, three, four, five, six, seven in an organization that has differences of being a number one, but maybe that's where your skill set sits. Maybe that's how you make your fortunes and happiness and all the things that you're looking for. And so that question got me going a little bit, Steve, because um, it's under the context of excuses and uh, I will never make an excuse. Everything that's a problem with me, everything I don't achieve, everything that's a problem with VaynerMedia, and everything is my fault. And I, I succumb to that and I respect that and I actually think that's the way it should be. And so, um, no excuses, my friends. Number 10, there's no overnight success. Nothing in life is free. Nothing happens overnight. It all takes tons and tons of work and tons and tons of talent and tons and tons of serendipity. But my friends, luck, serendipity, there's a forced culture within that. You know, you don't just sit in your room hoping and then something lucky happens. Nobody just knocks on your house's door and says, congratulations, you've been awarded this. Luck comes from being in the right spot. I've been really lucky because I bleed out of my eyes every day of my life and work my face off. You get really lucky when you have that 11.30 p.m. meeting where the lucky thing happened. Pretty cool, since all you were sleeping, I was pretty lucky, weird, that I scheduled that meeting because I did a ton of things for 30 years that allowed me to even have that meeting in the first place, that gave me the leverage to have that lucky thing to happen. There's no overnight successes, period. They don't exist, show me. Leave a comment on YouTube, leave the name, explain to me, tell me, show me, let me know. Show me the overnight success because I'll show you you justifying in your brain something that is just not true. Period. Number 11, believe. What if I told you this was the last Monday morning of your life? What if I told you you died this week? Would you complain about your job or that test you don't want to take? I doubt it. You would go much higher level thinking. Well, that's really what it takes. It takes understanding that if you're not pumped right now, if you're begrudging what you're about to do, if you're, if you're not looking forward to it, look, I respect practicality. You gotta go through school because your parents want to. You gotta pay your rent. You got student loans, I get it. But please recognize the world we're living in. We're living in a world where there's so much more opportunity. This internet thing created way more opportunity for all of us, way more. I mean look, you might not even be alive. Like your mom and dad could have had sex like three minutes later and you wouldn't even exist and you're complaining. You could have ended up being a bus, a tree. I just don't get the mentality of being head down sad on a Monday morning. I'm gonna make Monday morning my I'm gonna make you Saturday Monday morning. That's what I wanna do every morning and that's what I want from you. Please, take a step back and think about how awesome it actually is. And then recognize that you can attack the world in a totally different way because you were lucky enough to be born during this era. Number 12. Don't dwell on your mistakes. So many people come up to me and say, Gary, it's so hard. I look, I look at their Instagram and they're not posting any of their content with hashtags, which is a by accident way to pick up exposure in a world where they have no money. When you have no money, when I took over my dad's business, it did $3 million a year, 10% gross profit, $300,000 before expenses. My first year marketing budget was $14,000. When you have no money, and I built that business from a three to a $60 million business in five years. I had to make every penny perfect. 
So I was right about email marketing in 96, and I was right, and because of that, I had 91% open rates. When Google AdWords came out, the day it came out, I paid five cents a click for words before anybody bid me up, and I was super right, and that worked. If, How much is that luck versus preparation, and do you ever get anything wrong? What, what do you do when get, you make a mistake? I, I get everything wrong, it's just that I can't recall it because once it's wrong, I'm moving on to the next thing. Like, dwell, dwelling enough. on what you up on is the quickest way for the next thing not to work. Right? Yeah. So like, so I think I do everything. I mean, you know this, this is a fun thing to say. Some people in the back know this. I was a breakout YouTube star in the first year, 2006. I decided that the right strategy was to leave YouTube completely and go to Viddler because Viddler offered me equity in their company and I've left an enormous amount of attention I deviated from my intention thesis to do short-term economics and equity in a company, and I lost. I lost. When DRock finally came in my life two years ago and we started to try to build up my YouTube for the first time, I was sitting on 40,000 followers in a world where I could have had millions if I just stayed the course. So I make mistakes all the time. I'm reorging VaynerMedia every day because it's based on a mistake I made the prior year. I just don't give a about my mistakes. Everybody else cares about your mistakes. If you're worried about your own mistakes, you've already lost. Number 13. Be pumped right now. Sometimes a lot of people may try a new initiative and then they don't get an immediate reaction they, and they think it's a failure. That's and right. I, I want to go back to your YouTube videos with the wine library. You know, you had so much content out there. How did you stick in there? How did you keep yourself motivated? Because I believe in my strategies mm -hmm. and I'm patient. Like, all great stuff, especially when you're innovating, doesn't happen right away. Mm -hmm. This notion that like, oh Gary, I tried it, I spent 500 bucks on Facebook ads, it doesn't work. Well, what if your video What if your product and service I, I tend to do things that are very early. That has been my career. Mm -hmm. I, when I do things, I believe in them. Uh, I stick with them based on intuition. Even though for 18 months nobody watched my wine videos at all, I knew it was right, I was right. There's been things I've done that I've jumped off of very quickly. Mm -hmm. I started a Gary V app, uh, VChat, V-E-E, like WeChat, I thought it was funny, for my fans, great CRM one-on-one. -on -one. Didn't feel right after a week or two, spent plenty of money building it, knew, stopped it after you know, a couple months. Mm -hmm. uh, Wine Library TV, five years, every day, YouTube, decided to change it to Daily Grape, insular app, you could buy stuff, subscription for reviews, it was a lot of fun. Only did it for five months, stopped it, because it didn't feel right anymore. Okay. Um, it's always hard to know when to jump off something new, um, but I find that people don't believe in what they're doing. They hear a guru <laughs> and they do it begrudgingly because their boss wants them to or they're like, well, Gary's right a lot, so let me do it, but they don't believe it. And so then they jump, they're looking for no's instead of yeses. Everything I do, every business development, every event I do, every time I try a new marketing tactic or sales tactic, I'm looking for the yes. Right. I'm looking for the yes and if the no punches me, well then I'm like, the no punched me. I believe the majority of people when they try new tactics are looking for the no, mm -hmm. and you're gonna get a lot of subtle no's immediately. Right. And so I think that's why that happens. Number 14, do what you love. You need to care about everything, and it starts with yourself. Look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, what do I want to do every day for the rest of my life? Do that. I promise you can monetize that. If you love ALF, do an ALF blog. You collect Smurfs, Smurf it up. Whatever you need to do, do it. So many people are talking about, I can't monetize, I can't monetize. There's a billion 70-year-old douchebags that are in control right now. 
But the number two person, that 34-year-old lady, she's gonna buy your She's gonna put the, the advertising on your stuff. It's coming. Stop crying and just keep hustling. Number 15, figure yourself out. I'm desperate for people to start defining their hopes and dreams and wants and needs on their terms. Not on what I say. I don't care if you want to hustle 18 hours a day. I I really don't. I really, really don't. I I don't care if you want to buy the New York Jets. I don't care what you want or need. You need to care about what you want and need. You can't worry about what I'm saying. You can't worry about whoever your flavor of the month is, right? Maybe I'm your flavor of the month right now. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're consistent flavor of the life is your mom's point of view, is your older brother who's guided you with good wisdom but wants you to be a lawyer, but you don't want to be a lawyer, you want to be a street artist, you want to you take the chance of being an entrepreneur, or the reverse, or the reverse. I, nobody preaches and loves entrepreneurship more than me, but I think you see me all the time talking about like self-awareness, are you one? This is the golden era for entrepreneurship. People ask me for selfies. This will go away. It may not go away for me, but it's gonna go away. Like, you know, it's entrepreneurship, like a rap artist, like a baseball player, like the heavyweight. Nobody cares who the heavyweight champion of the world is right now. Nobody cares who's an active astronaut, but they surely did in 1969 and 19, you know, 54 for the heavyweight champ. Or, who, you know, they, they change, they change, and it will always change, and it will continuously change. And right now, entrepreneurship is in this pedestal, it's having its moment. And what I'm fearful of is that you watch my videos, you see my Instagram quotes, and what I want to clarify for everybody is I hope you understand, I am not giving advice to everybody. Uh, The only advice I'd like to give to everybody is to do you, to find what your North Star is, to understand yourself, to understand what your work-life balance ambitions are, how much, what your financial ambitions are, what your life challenges are, the problems that you want to try to solve and cure, as we all do as humans, trying to climb those different mountains in our lives. What makes you tick? That is all that matters. Don't do, you know, I don't do Daily B or, or all these videos for you to be like me. I don't think anybody should be like me. Boy, and there are enormous amounts of pressures and sacrifices that I recognize are just not healthy or valuable to anybody else. But it's also not healthy or valuable to me to do some of the things that you want me to do. Like, it's not fun for me to work nine to five. Like, I will break. I will be as equally devastated as you would be to work till midnight every day. And so we just need a call to action for everybody to recognize we have to stop judging everybody else. I'm not judging you. I'm creating content for you to use as a barometer to try to figure out what you like and what you don't like. And I'm trying to provide value my words, my actions, and my content to bring to people to amplify their worlds. And that's really it, that's the clarification. Like, I I don't want people to to be like me. I don't want people to do me. I want people to do themselves. And they just have to start with understanding themselves and not trying to be like me in this moment or that person the next moment or that person the next moment. The people that most win are in tune with themselves and figuring themselves out. Number 16. Be good at your craft. The problem is, if you have the greatest hammer and the greatest screwdriver and the greatest wrench, the greatest, in front of you, Mm -hmm. if you don't use them properly, you will lose. If there's a nail that I have to put in that ground but I take the wrench and I hit it when the hammer was right there, it still comes down to the practitioner. Mm -hmm. And you have to be good at your craft and you have to love your, if you don't love sales, 
If you don't love it, you have no chance. Because it's so hard, it's so painful. There's so much rejection. Right. Um, so those are the things I think about. So technology is clearly enabler, as you've just said there, though, yes. that the person is equally important. Uh, and More important. Right, and More going back important. to like, like, the, I, like, like uh, I just apologize for jumping yeah. in, but let me make it perfectly straight. If I go play Roger Federer right now in tennis, right. and I have the greatest tennis racket ever made, like from the, taken from the Mars' new like yeah. resources, right. and he took a John McEnroe 1974 tennis racket, he would whip my <laughs> Like, I'm crushing salespeople that have every sales force, every one of your competitors, 37 features, upgraded, mm-hmm. went to every pro conference, watching this. I will beat their sales every day of the week. Right. Pure talent. Number 17, go do And it was, you regularly say that failure propels you. Are there any instances in your past truly where you couldn't get over it and why? Nope. I mean, by, 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 by the way, by the way, that's the same answer for everybody in this room. That's what humans are good at. We all fail. We've all failed. Like, there are, I, I, my parents haven't been killed. My child, I mean, there's people that have their children die. Like, could you imagine? Like, I deal, like, I'm, like, listen, unfortunately, or fortunately, depends on how one wants to look at it, I'm a pretty optimistic guy. I lost three of my four grandparents before I was really, before I knew them, two before I was born and one very early on. Like, so, you know, it's easy for me to be happy. I have my in the right order, the health and well-being of my family. And there's nothing even remotely close to that. Not even, not even remotely. People have gotten through much worse. This is why I'm trying to recall our grandparents and our great-grandparents. People were persecuted and killed. Like, I just, we do not have real headaches. I, you know, I don't know why I have this highly emotional and then completely unemotional part of me, but I mix them together to create the balance and that's what works for me. So of course there's nothing that I couldn't get up from. Like every other human ever besides somebody who now lives in some weird cave that we don't know about. You know what I mean? I do. We are strong as We're really strong. We're just being sold that we're not because there's a lot of money, a lot of money in telling us that we're not pretty enough, thin enough, smart enough, good enough. That, I want to tell you you're the best, go do Number 18, focus on the positives. I've been feeling a little bit unmotivated and I've been feeling like I should be doing something or I should be just, I feel like I should be pulled and like, I'm feeling uninspired, basically. That's my question. How do you get, when you lose inspiration or you lose motivation, how do you get it back? I get it back by remembering that you might die tomorrow. That's true. So I'm inspired by practicality and reality and the truth, which is it is ridiculously impossible to become a human being. I am one. I have other good things going for me as a human being, and I'm just grateful. You, you're dwelling and looking at what you don't have versus looking at what you have. If you actually looked at what you had, your health, you know, living in America, you know, who the heck knows what would be on your list? If you actually spent all your time looking at that versus I don't have a million dollars, I'm not famous, I don't have this. If you spent all your time on what you have versus what you don't have, you would be the happiest girl on earth. Number 19, 
don't care what others have. Should I launch my business Thanks, on the side or take a gap year and try to launch it? Both work. Both? Both work. Which one is best? I don't know you well enough, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? They both work. Yes. Which one do you want to do? Uh, I would like to try to take a gap year, but so take I'm, a gap I'm year. scared. Well, that's why you're not asking. Yes. Which one will you do? I wouldn't take either. What will you do then? I can't answer that for you. Fear's holding you back. You know what you want to do. The only reason you're not doing it is because you're scared of doing what you actually want to do. Right? Yes, that's Are you scared to do it because your parents won't like it? Um, no, my parents actually support me. Okay, so what are you scared of? Failing? Um, not failing, but um, still being at the same place when my friends are at the next level. Huge mistake. You don't want the same thing your friends want. No. So why do you care what they have? Number one mistake so many people make is they care about what other people have. I don't give a what anybody has. If I have more, if I have less, it doesn't matter. I worry about myself. The fact that you're worrying about other people's accomplishments is already a losing formula. You need to get rid of that first, then you can focus on yourself. Thank you. You understand? Number 20 fight. You know, to be great, I think you have to fight. And I very much think that my success is a product of some level of skill, but I do think I win because I outwork people. I really do believe that. I do believe that 100%. And I'm not sure that if my dad didn't set that example that I'd even have the ability to think one could work that hard. The fact that I've been working 19 hours a day, every day for the last 20 years is easy for me. It's the only gear I knew, right? I was poor, I at school. It was the only gear I had. You know, I think you need to recognize that, um, that your biggest advantage is that you're hungrier than your competitor. And that if you're not applying your one advantage, which is your work ethic and the hours that you have to put into your business, well then you're gonna come up short. I sit here with enormous assumptions around all of you that you're just too soft to beat me, right? That I think that you've had it better and that that alone doesn't allow you to beat me. Somebody will come with a counter-cultural point of view and be like, Gary, that's cool, but I don't have to work that hard because I'm working smarter. Yeah, me too. I work hard and smart, now what? Look, there's a 12 hour, 10 hour, eight hour, 15 hour work day. You can finish a lot of things in those 18, 12, nine hours, or you can finish medium amounts of things or lightweight things. People focus on too many small details. Way too many people in this room are gonna spend the next 30, 40 years of their lives trying to check the boxes of the things that they're not as good at and that you're gonna waste a load of time and lose. I highly recommend for all you hustlers, because there's a lot of you, there's a lot of you that are always talking about, Gary, I do work hard. And you do, you work for 16 hours. Some people just don't have the attention span or the capacity to remember. Or like, there's a lot of things I can't learn. I was a very poor student because the subject matter bored me. And if I was forced to become great at understanding the great artists of the 20th century, I'm in big trouble. And so I would tell people to bet on their strengths. You need to bet on your strengths and don't give a about what you get. And to put themselves in a position to win with their strengths because that is absolutely the straightest line to success. Greatness comes from adversity and, and looking the, the challenge in the eye and having the intestinal fortitude to kind of uh, to, to, to step up and, and go after it.
Number 21, die on your own sword. It is far more fun to die on your sword than to die on someone else's. I'm inspired, YouTube. We're gonna make this the episode thing. You'll get whatever you want, Tyler, but this is the core of it. You just saw it on stage. Oh, sorry. You just saw it on stage. Dying on your sword is better than dying on someone else's. So many of you are doing things, making decisions, and navigating your lives based on somebody else's thesis. You're doing it because you think it's the right thing because your dad's telling you it's the right thing. You're doing what you're doing right now because you're pandering to your boss even though you don't believe in it. This is how it's gonna play out. You are doing things right now. Yesterday, you made a decision that you don't believe in, but you're smart. You did it because you know how your company scores. Here's the problem with disruption and innovation. Right now, you're being rewarded for being a yes person, and in 36 months, you're gonna be fired for being a yes person. And you're doing it because you just need the security of your job. I'm telling you right now, if you're watching this vlog, and you've got, like, that means you have a certain DNA. Please, I implore you, please die on your sword, not somebody else's. If you're gonna lose, it's much more fun to lose based on what you thought. Do you know, do you know how many of you are gonna lose on somebody else's thesis, it's gonna kill at you, it's gonna eat at you, it's going to be the worst feeling, so please, pause this video right now and ask yourself, am I doing my because of me? Then you're good, whether you're winning or losing. Or am I doing it because somebody else is telling me it's the right way, or I'm subconsciously pandering to please somebody or something because I need the short-term stability. Figure that out. You know it and I know it. You just need to do something about it. Number 22. Choose positivity. I really think mindset is everything, and so you've got to really decide are you going to be positive about things or negative about things. Am I thrilled that I have the ability to do things about it to make what I'm worried about better, or am I crippled by there's like these seven things I need to do tomorrow? Uh, I always choose positivity. Uh, I look at other people around me, it's not just about me, that are winning, they choose positivity. I look at the people around me that are not winning, that are not progressing, that are not advancing, they're choosing negativity. It's stunningly binary. It's stunningly black and white. It's stunningly A or B. Uh, this, is, uh, this is really up to you. And really, to be very honest, to be very frank, I think the biggest impact I'm having is I read all the emails, because I read a lot of them last night as well, is, uh, is shifting that mindset and getting people into that and making them understand that they're in charge of that and, and hacking and trying to pour out the negativity, dump the negativity, add a positivity, dump a negativity, add a positivity, dump a negativity, add a positivity. Uh, I'm a positivity to your world. That's what I'm pushing, that's my agenda. Uh, and, uh, and that's why I think you're feeling the effects. And I think you need to find more of that in your partner, in your loved one, in your business partner, in your audience. Uh, so many people get 49 comments, 48 are phenomenal. One's like, you're a piece of And they spend 80% of their time on that one comment. Please choose positivity. Number 23, create things you believe in. The way I do branding, I sell so infrequently uh, that I think some of you that are watching me the hardest core need to hear this, which is it's okay to sell, especially if you believe in something. Like if you believe in what you're selling, and that's what I'm spending a lot of time on now, trying to spend more time on really getting to a place where I really believe in stuff. Instead, I was just passive, not creating. So I wasn't selling because I didn't believe, you know, and just letting everything come to me. But as I create these you know, events, Vayner experience, a lot of events, very big on events. Events are so valuable. Just watching the 4Ds crew, it's value and like how it's impacting their business for $10,000. Right there, I mean, you see, I know you're getting the emails. Um, 
the wine club. Like $150 worth of wine for 55 bucks. Like I've just locked in November's. It's gonna make all your Thanksgivings ridiculous. The conference, $500 two hour session in my stomping grounds. Good deal compared to like other conferences that I speak at. Um, but you're getting the wine for free or you're getting the talk for free and you're getting the wine. So like, I'm very fascinated because I'm putting more pressure on myself to create things that I really believe in, which then allows me to sell more. And I I just think for a lot of you, selling, the ask, the right hook is very difficult. Uh, You're you're passive, you you like the idea of like feeling good about like giving out content, this and that. When you believe in something, you can sell it and, and you should put more pressure on yourself to create things that you believe in. Biggest problem is so many of you sell you don't believe in, you're just doing it for the money, you're gonna lose, that I don't like. Number 24, get feedback. This is one of the biggest things. You're still gonna need a real ninja there. It's like You may be thinking that I'm watching the show, but what I'm doing is what I always do, which is I'm reading your comments. YouTube, I've said it for all the new ones that are here, the comments are my oxygen. I don't think people understand how much qualitative feedback you get from comments, reading comments, watching the Explore pages, looking at how you guys respond to my stuff and others. There's so many hours of consumption. You know, I don't, this is where I don't consume shows and things of that nature um, because I spend so much time reading, 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 reading your feedback. You, I, as a collective, I consume you guys more than you consume me. And so I just highly recommend when you have a small audience, like you read every one of those comments, you engage with every one of those comments, brick by brick by brick. Eventually you can't reply to everybody, but like you can always read a lot. I mean, I read, I'm just reading all these comments. Number 25, have fun working. You know what I noticed though, Gary, and I want your opinion on this. I've noticed that every idea that I've had, whether it's a drum kit or the podcast or whatever it was, past the aux. Good. They're all things that I felt like would end up being really fun to do. And and so my kind of philosophy I'm adopting now is like if, if it's if fun it's fun, it's probably well, you, worth doing. You know why that happens? It's a it's a bigger macro uh, situation. Because it's fun, you're willing to work your face off. Right. And working your face off is actually the gateway. It's not the fun. The fun is the doorway that gets you to put in the work that gets you the results. Mm. Because D-Rock loves filming, like the 24-7 nature of what he does is, you know, is why so many kids wanna film and do this, but they don't wanna, they, it's not fun enough for them. You have to love it. So, the cost of entry now is, you see, understand? You have to love, like for me, building brands, whether it's my own brand, brands for other people, other things, the why, it's so the only thing I give a shit about that I'm willing to put in the 19 that it takes. Because the problem is now with the internet, like we were just saying, being the middleman, and everybody can play, there's some kid in Kansas City who's gonna put in the 19. 100%. Right. Might even put in 20. And I don't want any, I don't want any of you little (laughs) (laughs) to take my Now what's amazing is though, the biggest thing I didn't know is that's some fun, but there's so much that all those little that are gonna put in the 19 are gonna get theirs too, Mm -hmm. and that makes me happy. Yeah. So I would say fun's a great gateway to, fun is the precursor to ridiculous amount of work, which then gets you there, Yeah. right? Number 26, be accountable. I think when I get the praise, it's what does that have to do with me? When I get 
it on, I'm like, that's on me and I'll fix it. And I think those, you know, that was a, I said it really quick, but it's accountability. It's accountability and ownership when you and it's passing on the credit when you rule. And that's it. And that's me. And that's my makeup. And that's why I'm winning in life. And that's why I'm always gonna win. Because when you're 100% accountable and you know you're, you're garbage, when you're 100% accountable, when there's an issue, and when you pass on the praise when you're getting it, you become fundamentally undefeated, unbeatable. I'm straight up unbeatable because my head will never get gassed up enough ever when I'm getting it good and, uh, and I'll never believe it's me and when it's bad, I'll never point the finger to anybody else. All you finger pointers pointing everywhere. Everybody's pointing fingers, pointing them everywhere. It's everybody's fault but yourself country, your environment, your parents, school system, your boss, your aunt, circumstance. And of course, and of course there's tragedies and crimes and child abuse and real bad stuff. I'm not saying it's not real. I'm saying for the 95% of you, it's a mindset thing. Perspective. Perspective is everything. Grounded in my perspective. Never too high, never too low. It's about them when it's good. It's about me when it's bad. That's me. That's what I got for you. That's where I'm at. That's my mindset. And I never waver. 100%. Never waver. I have my bad days. But I keep that for myself. Number 27. Don't rest on your laurels. So let me just talk to you guys about why Toys R Us chip filing chapter 11 matters. Toys R Us. <laughs> did two things over the last couple decades that make no sense. One, very early in the 2000s, they outsourced themselves to Amazon. They didn't believe in the internet 17 years ago, so they let Amazon do their fulfillment, which started people getting used to buying toys on the internet through an Amazon world. But most importantly, they just didn't innovate. You know, and when you don't innovate, you die. Like you could have made, Toys, toys R Us three years ago could have created the national Lego championships and everybody would be, there was, there was a million, they could have made slime centers. They could have, they could be killing it right now with their locations, but no, they choose to just like sell toys out of it and none of you wanna go there. You're, first of all, you're gonna go to Walmart and pick it up for less money anyway while you pick up your groceries and anything else and if you even wanna leave your home and you don't and so you'll go to Amazon and do it that way or buy it from somebody's YouTube channel link or you know Instagram account it's just a, it's it's the best example right now of like how in trouble everybody is if they rest on their laurels you know if Toys R Us the dominant niche retail leader of a humongous multi-billion dollar category is finished what do you think is gonna happen over the next six years Number 28, know your customers. You have to reverse engineer who you're trying to get to. You know, if you're a salesperson out there right now, if you're trying to get to me, and so many of you are, I get 50, 70 bulk emails, bulk direct messages, bulk Twitter direct messages, Instagram, uh, business cards, all sorts of weird stuff sent in the mail. I'm busy. I'm busy and like I'm just not interested in you selling to me, not because I don't like you, because I respect the game, it's because I'm just busy. Mm -hmm. It's nothing personal. So I think the first thing you have to do is reverse engineer the person. 
you know, because I'm not in the market to buy anything, I'm gonna be tougher. But if I need certain software, or if I need something, that's a good time to attack. Right. So I think the number one rule of salespeople is to listen. Know your audience. Know what they did. If you see an M&A just happen, if you see layoffs just happening, if you see one of their, if I see Burger King doing something, I'm thinking, what does McDonald's think of this? Right. I think a lot of you are doing things that are directly in front of you. Numbers that they put in front of you, you're trying to achieve that because you have a beach house you wanna buy or go on that vacation. Sales is a funny game if you work in a big company. They, they manipulate numbers to create your actions. I believe that the best salespeople are doing things in a different way. I think you need to care about the customer for real, reverse engineer them and give them what they need. Number 29, develop a winner's mindset. I put out a post about, you know, stop blaming other people, stop start blaming yourself. Reading the comments right now, it's super fascinating. Of course, you, you know, so my whole thing is like, blame myself for everything. Of course there's other things that people are doing, right? Like, if somebody runs me over with a car right now and they were drunk, is that my fault or is their fault? I get that you can blame that other person. I'm not so much worried about the actuality of the event. I'm talking about the mindset. Tyler, when are people gonna understand this, the mindset? The mindset of blaming yourself allows you to do so much more, so when it's eight out of 10 times on you, you're moving forward instead of looking backwards. Sure, the two out of 10, but if you just have that mindset, it's just winner mindset. This is about mindset. Everybody's taking every word I say so practical. Yes, I understand that there's issues in the world. Like, it wasn't your fault that an earthquake like drilled your house. I get it, it's the mindset. To me, I'd be like, man, I shouldn't have lived in California. I mean, I don't know, like, mindset. It helps you eight out of 10 times. And the other two times, you just deal with it. Number 30, get your speed up. Today was rough. What? Today was rough. Babin here is uh, all bent out of shape. He just said, uh, today is rough. To be very frank with you, Vayner Nation, I don't give a if Tyler or you think today was rough because I had 17 meetings that he couldn't be a part of because I'm actually running a business here. I'm not from some teenage beanie bopper trying to do a vlog or some influencer doing a blog or some family that's hoping for some free detergent because of their blog. I'm working here, Tyler. So sorry that your video blog is rough. But let me tell you what's not rough. What's not rough is we're living through the great era of ground shift in marketing and business. Everybody in this amazing town of New York City, which is, let me just tell you, everybody who's not here, vibrant at 10 p.m. right now because 98% of your cities are sleeping. Everybody here is their collective pants because the ground is shifting. Everything that our grandparents and parents grew up with, everything that we knew, tried and true, the stable pillars of media, commerce, uh, influence, persuasion, the way we make decisions, the things we buy and how, what is cool and what is not, is on call. The world is on call. And you know what that means? Hustlers, the opportunity is obnoxious. So whether you're focusing on vlogs, or influencers, or how to hack Instagram stories, or how to create Alexa voice skills, or how to create your own podcast, because you see I'm full, committed, tilt. If you are not following my podcast, The way I call today, the, the, the sum up of all my meetings today, none of which you just watched, is that the earth is moving. 
there's instability in the foundation of how it was, which makes an innovator like me really happy and what suffocates all you B players because you, like you like it nice, slow, and stable. Let me be very clear with this ending rant. That game is over. And the people that are gonna win over the next five to seven years are gonna be very comfortable in controlled chaos. So you better get your speed up. You better work harder. You better work smarter. You better try things. You better keep your subjectiveness and your ego at the door because that slows you down and it doesn't make you do. You better move. Number 31, take life by the throat. Just enough. 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 Like living by somebody else's rules is a humongous mistake. I've just literally sat down with five people under the age of 27 and is so refreshing. It is so refreshing. If you have not jumped on the bandwagon of doing exactly what you want to do, which is skiing for the next three years or working at a job that's not what your parents want or what society wants, this video is just called Enough. Enough. Make this little in one two minute video, it depends on when I finish, the piece of content that gets you to stand up and take life by its throat, do something. Stop being scared. Stop letting the way you were raised, the fear as an offense, take that away. Let me be the person. I'll take the blame. I loved that some of my employees are like, my parents don't love what you're saying. Good. Parents, because if you are playing defense and if you are living a life where your kids' lives are the way you're being fulfilled, you're a loser, parents. And so enough. Enough parents imposing their way. You want your kids to be happy? On your terms. Enough the kid that's sitting right now at a desk and saw this in a feed and you hate your job? Enough. Stand up, get out of here, and do you. Live your life. You've got one life. Do something about it. Number 32. Add value. Two things I want to do. I want everybody to get out their cell phone because we are trying to all go our social media presence here and wherever you are. Uh, so do get out your phone and follow Joe Hyde on Instagram and like the Facebook page for PR and roofing. My question. Bro, hold on, hold on. Did you really think that was a good idea? No, bro, I honestly think that that was one of like the worst moves I've ever seen because... And, and, I, and I'm not trying to razz you. I, pre, I'll, I am talking, I'm trying to give you love. I love the passion to win. The problem is you tried to close on the first move. You brought them no value and you asked them to bring you value. Like you gave, like I will stand up here and give a of value and never mention one time for any of them to follow me and a lot more of them will follow me than are gonna follow that move that you just did. I get it, I get it, but this was back to the question that just happened and this is why I want you to win. That move is always gonna lose. You can't go, tonight when you go out in Vegas and you see a pretty girl at the bar, you can't go up to her and the opening move is like, here's my key, let's go. just did, let him hold it. But that's what you just did to this audience with business. Because this is an industry where it's kind of like dog eat dog world. So why, why are you succeeding and giving all your secrets away at the same time? I mean, because doing the right thing is the right thing. <laughs> Karma is practical. <laughs> you know, 
I heard somebody rant earlier, right? That was like, hey, when I win, I don't think it's coming out of you, the guy that closed. I couldn't know who was on stage, but I believe in that, right? Because I love the idea of 85 people here going and listening to me, winning. I didn't make anything for it, but it then becomes brand. If she goes out and listens, and then two years later, she's having dinner with a friend, and she's talking about what happened to her life, that friend might be the CEO of GE. You know, I'm playing with the biggest brands in the world. I'm not trying to monetize my audience. I'm trying to like, just bring the most value in the world and let that lift all my other opportunities. So I think, I think giving away your best secrets is the greatest strategy for two reasons. Karma is practical and leads to more business, but here's the secret, and it's even funnier. 99% of these people are not gonna do anything about it. The re- Somewhere about five or six years ago, I realized this fact. Holy people aren't gonna do anything with this. So, like there's still gonna be plenty for me, and I'm gonna be the most lovable guy ever. I love this. Number 33, be ambitious. My success is that I prefer change, I'm comfortable in change, and I realize change is the only thing that allows you to win in the long term. The 98% of the human race, and maybe higher, doesn't like it. We are having a macro change. We're having a societal change. You know, like, I'll be honest with you, I'm like ambitious and realistic. One of the biggest reasons I kind of went even harder core at my personal brand like 15 months ago, I'm like, back to what's worked for us, which is like, hey, here's my example, at least it's something to hold. Um, I was like, I'm gonna make myself the most famous person in America on this theory, and then it'll be undeniable. And by the way, it's working. I'm really good at underpriced attention and culture. I really am. You know, it's so funny, you start realizing your life. So I was good at baseball cards. I decided Frank Thomas and Kenny Lofton were gonna be better than most people thought. So I just bought a lot of rookie cards for underpriced costs and I was right. But what I'm really great at is I understand consumer behavior and attention just fast enough and earlier than most people and I've got an uncanny ability of that. Let me build a machine around that. And so for the last nine years, I've built a company called Maynard Media. We're a $200 million company in revenue with no funding that does agency work and we own a female publishing company like a Refinery29. Um, and my ambition is to build out a, the communication Death Star to deploy it against my personal brand, uh, the nonprofits I care about, but ultimately my goal is to buy the New York Jets and the way I think I'm gonna do that is I'm gonna buy iconic brands and things that mattered in the world that are gonna get over the next decade and then I'm gonna rebrand them and run them through my machine. Um, and so I'm, you know, I'm building this huge agency media company that is really just a front and a proxy for my long-term uh, ambitions. It, it just, it trades underpriced attention and culture more efficiently than I think any other machine out there right now. And that's why cool things are happening for me. Number 34, seize the opportunity. You weren't born into a rich family. You're, you're the wrong skin tone. You're this, you're that. I get it. Just like got the, we got the at bat. You got the, you won the lotto. You won it, you got the at bat. Do something with it, especially now. Your grandparents didn't have this. The internet is crazy. It just is. It just is. And so, why do you think everybody's getting outed now? Because three old white guys don't control the media anymore. The f- do you think is happening here? This is the greatest era ever for anybody. 
the market, the platform is the internet. This is unbelievable, unprecedented times. We will look back at this 200 years from now like these had a good opportunity. This is buying real estate. Do you know somebody bought the land that we're on right now for a dollar at one point? That's what's happening with us on the internet. The attention of the end consumer is cheap right now. You can grab it around whatever you want to be about and it doesn't cost you anything other than your time and so many of you are complaining but then are too fancy to put in the 15 hours a day to get it. I got no respect for that. I got no respect for anybody who complains and isn't putting in the work. Because it's an excuse to not do. Number 35, get experience. You've got to try stuff. The biggest reason you don't know what you want to do is you haven't tasted enough things and the biggest reason you're not tasting enough things is you're worried about finding it too fast. Start with the finish line. All right. Too many people are just worried about tomorrow. Go backwards from what you want to achieve financially and in your legacy and then make all your behavior every day map to your finish line. The way that, it can, that a 20 year old can make the world better 20 or 30 years down the line is by making themselves better first. I think, I think people don't realize that the way to be selfless is to be selfish. Mm. It's very hard to change the world if you're not good. To me, when I look around this many people being in their 20s, like everybody's judging themselves way too early. What I would do is gather as many experiences as possible. You know? You're not lost in life, you're just early in the process. Number 36, get attention. There is ridiculous confusion in the system. I am winning and will win at all time levels. Get ready, you will tell your grandkids that you once saw me live. Like I mean that. And by the way, it's not because, by the way, I don't, by the way, real quick, because I don't want claps for that, I need you to understand how I think about that. It's not because I think I'm fancy or great. I think it's because I'm very calm and simple about one simple, tiny thing. Underpriced attention. It's so grossly underpriced. I'm asking you, let me tell you this story about MTV. When MTV came out in the early to mid 80s, how many people remember when MTV was launched? When, MT- when MTV was launched, the biggest bands in the world, the biggest bands in the world got together for a dinner that one of their managers told me about and decided that they would not make music videos for MTV because that was giving away music for free. That why would we spend money to make a video, put it on MTV, when that's giving people the music for free and they will not go out and buy the record. At the same token, up and coming artists, Madonna, Duran Duran, and on and on, understood that it was where all the attention of the youth was and it was a gateway drug to the sale. They understood that MTV was a jab, not the right hook. Facebook and Instagram at this second is the most underpriced, scaled jab in the history of marketing except for one other moment. From 2001 to 2005, Google AdWords was a ridiculously underpriced jab. How many people here took advantage of Google 2001 to 2005? Raise your hands. So for you, you really know. That's how I did it. Wine Library had no money, but when you're buying people who wanna buy wine for five and 10 cents a click, It works out real fast when it's that underpriced. One company 
one company during that time acted the way I'm aspiring to act right now as Gary Vaynerchuk on social media. One company from 2001 to 2005 spent enough to justify how underpriced it was. That company was a small book company called Amazon. Amazon, as you all know now, is the company of our world. It will win everything. It hasn't even begun. Literally, the only thing that will stop Amazon is antitrust government involvement. Otherwise, it will destroy everything. It got its fuel from Google 2001 to 2005. That occurrence is happening right now on Facebook and Instagram, and we're not squeezing the juice out of that fruit anywhere close. At least we have picked up the fruit. Number 37, ignore the opinions of others. On a bigger macro, patience and failure, they all ladder up to one thing, which is insecurity. The reason people don't put themselves in a position to fail, the reason people aren't patient, is they value other people's opinions too much, which then dictates their behavior, which then gets into all of this. if you like, don't hold on to it in, with the thought of in case it fails because you just need to realize it's your scarlet letter. Literally the reason people are scared, yeah. always, is the outside force. Yeah. Having a failing business and everyone's like, oh see, you could never do, or whatever the cliche oh, is, yeah. right? Yeah. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. You know why? So that's one piece. Yeah. But they told me I couldn't do this. It'll and, and even if it didn't succeed, yeah. what? They're such better people, like what, I'm such a better person than other people because I can build a business? That's Number 38, change your environment. I'm getting more and more intrigued by mindset because I used to think of it as fluffy, like self-help, and now I think of it more as strategy. What's your strategy in life? Somebody asked me um, on Instagram after I posted this, Gary, if the mindset has been skewed, how can you bring it back? And I answered with, by surrounding yourself with people who have the mindset you aspire to. My friends, please understand that mindset is controllable in the same way that all our opinions are controllable. The key is to add more people with optimism and cut people with negativity. It's very, very simple. Now it's very hard to cut people with pessimism, cynicism, and negativity when they are the people that are the closest to you. Parents, siblings, spouse, but the bottom line is, if you're asking the question, I'm gonna give you the answer. The answer is add more people with positivity and optimism and cut people with pessimism and cynicism. Who you surround yourself matters. What content you consume matters. I basically suffocate myself for a long period of my time and created an environment that was based on offense and optimism and now I know no different. Please do the same for you. Make that move. Mold, and I mean mold, your mindset by what you consume and with whom you consume it. I would argue that well more than 50% of the people in this audience are here today because they worry about the way they would be judged by one and or two family members in their inner seven, eight people circle. If you're not feeling it, find new friends. I'm being dead serious about this. This one is real big for me. Who you hang out with is a huge deal. And again, these are all tried and true things, right? We've heard the, you're the whatever of the five friends you spent, like, that's real. Add one new winner friend. Like, you know what I mean? Add one new winner friend and cut one loser friend. Like, yeah, I know he's been your boy since fourth grade, but he sits at home and 
smokes weed and plays 2K all day. <laughs> like, you can only love him so much. Number 39, go all in. I know that if I can suffocate all of you today to take 25% of your take home income this year and pour it back into two people who do video and written word and put it into Facebook and Instagram ads, literally all of you will email me 24 months, actually, if you can start right away, literally 25% of you are going to come to me this time next year, right here, and be like, holy I've been listening to your stuff for seven years, your keynote was different in Miami last year at this time, I listened, I said, I don't need to go to Ibiza three times this year, I don't need to buy a better BMW this year to make me feel good with the neighbors. I don't need another pair of Supremes or Yeezys. I took the money and I put it into Karen, the film woman, and Rick, the ad guy, and now my business is 2X. This will 100% work. Even if you (laughs) on camera have zero charisma are only eight days in the industry. This will work because it is such underpriced attention that the ROI will work. That if you're a two in skill, the ads are a 20 in the 10 point scale and it closes the delta of you being average. If you literally, literally, and I've said this for seven years, if you literally, literally go interview the guy who owns the gym in town, the guy who owns the pizza shop, the woman that owns the insurance brokerage, if you literally, literally, literally just interview your local community that you become the local newspaper in three minute video form on your phone, you don't even need to hire D-Rock or Babin or Iris, your phone, if you literally take it, selfie it, and interview the principal of the school in your neighborhood, you will become the local celebrity who can then transact on whatever you're trying to sell that group. If you bring value to people, if you interview the best high school basketball player, literally just that, your business will change. Or if you literally just give the advice of how you got here, what you learned, if you shared your thoughts, if you do not understand that you were a media company, then you will not be as successful as you are today in a decade. And that's not interesting when the alternative is you're four to seven times bigger. The steak guys, you have to understand what happened to Blockbuster and Netflix, what happened with Uber and taxi companies, what happened with hotels versus Airbnb is happening with you as a human in your business. And so when you have the best hand and you know it because you've been paying attention and you know how to play poker, you go all in. Everybody here is playing Facebook, Instagram, social media, YouTube, podcasting, like they have the best hand, and they're calling. And you're not goading them into getting all the money. You're just folding. And that's this audience. So can you imagine what I feel is going on outside this stadium? So this is a call to action for everybody to do me one favor, and I do think I can get a lot of you to do it, which excites the out of me. Please. Right now, listen, maybe you've laid out money, maybe you're in the middle of a renovation, maybe you're paying for your kid's college, mazel tov, I know there's nuances on everybody's life. But if you are in a position where literally your take home income this year is literally the stuff you're gonna go and do things with, please, from 25% to 90%, if you can go humble, please take that money 
and hire two people to make a lot more content for you about you and your business and please give the rest of the money to Facebook and YouTube and Instagram and I fundamentally promise you, you will walk here to this conference next year and personally thank me emotionally because your business will change and I know not one of you has gone all in. Number 40, love your audience. Oh, I wonder if you could uh, just say something to my son James, he's 24. Come here, on a video. come here. That'd be awesome. Come here. This is for my son James. Here, I'll, I'll let me do a face. Do we call him or just video? Hey James, it's Gary Vee. I'm here with your dad. I'm really that you're not here. <laughs> but I respect that you're hustling. That's exactly what you should be doing. Hope we get to meet. See ya. <laughs> Thank you. Number 41, go on the offense. The biggest reason people are unhappy right now is because they value somebody else's opinion more than they value their own. That is the number one blanket statement that I've got for everybody. Your, your mother's point of view on you, your wife's point of view on you, your, your boyfriend's point of view, your homie's point of view. Like, the reason I'm super happy is nobody can tell me nothing. My wife, mom, and daughter could walk into my room right now, tell me I'm a piece of and I would be 100% unfazed. That is some gangster emotional structure. And that's why I can never lose. I know who I am and I just, I'm unfazed. So if my mom, daughter, and wife could come in and tell me I'm a piece of and I'm cool, what do you think that troll on Instagram that says I does? Nothing. So you need to figure out the following. It is very likely that either your mom or dad you up. They made you insecure. They didn't love you enough. They told you they, you weren't good because they weren't good and misery loves company. Once you face that demon, once you cut out negativity and the people that hold you down and you surround yourself with positivity and don't confuse delusion. Don't watch my videos and rah-rah up and you don't put any work in, nothing good's gonna happen. You're just gonna watch my videos. So don't get it confused, but life is basic. You're either on the optimism team or you're on the pessimism team. You're, other, you're either on the offense or you're on the defense. The reason people are unhappy is because, let's talk about money and unhappiness. Your three best friends have a BMW and you don't. You think it's that. You don't realize that I loved when all my friends had BMWs and I had nothing. It's just perspective, man. What are we doing here? Like, what are you valuing? Like, what, what, everybody's on defense. All the immigration issues in the world. Nobody's taking yours. You think some immigrant's taking your job? You Like, if you think that, right? You think somebody else is taking your spot? This is the world. We live in the rich, like, you know rich this world? In the UK market, you live in the UK and you're complaining? Get the hell out of here. So, so that's practical. You, you have a family member or a childhood that put you in a mindset of defense. And listen, I know I'm gonna get a lot of hits on Twitter and Instagram about this interview now when I spit this, because I know a lot of people haven't heard of me or have context on me. Let me just say this. The answer to everything is and what now, right? Like, I know people grew up in alcoholic households. I know people were molested. I know people had somebody steal all their money. Here's my problem, nobody cares. Like what are you waiting for? Like, like nobody's, there is no fair fairy flying down from the earth and saying, you were born an African American in America where that's an issue. Here's a million dollars, that's not happening. 
So my thing is, instead of dwelling and wishing how it was, understand, back to the next practical part of your question, that the internet is now here. And guess what, the internet's not a 76-year-old white man. It's the internet. And that means everybody's got a shot. So go take yours. It's happening on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Go figure it out instead of on it and thinking it's And go get your money, happiness, and that's it. Simple as that. I got no time for people complaining because it's just not true anymore. 1986? Yes. 2018? What do you think's going, why do you think Me Too's happening now? The internet one. It's over. Go get yours. Number 42, fall in love with the game. What do you think the minimum amount of money you want to make for your life? Like, 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 what would be the minimum amount of money that you make every year that allowed you to live and do that content media site? What do you think? Great, so you're like, what is amazing about that, if that's where you're at, well then, at this young of an age, and that's where you're at, and the fact that you're even here, and you know, it's just unbelievable amounts of content in written audio and visual form on Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, and podcast, and I will tell you, I would be flabbergasted in three, four, five, six years, unless you which you may, but if you don't and you have that little of a financial need, right, which is remarkable, which is the biggest thing. Somebody here, I don't know if they're here, said you made me realize I didn't need Rolexes and things of that nature, right? Like, the biggest reason so many of you will fail is your number for success is far greater than his. You think you need a million, which will then mean that you're gonna do a lot of things when you don't get a million very quickly that won't ever get you a million. So if you, if you think what I just said is cool, which is bleed for six years in a row, you'll probably get sponsorship or sales of product to 40,000 a year. To me, that's what I did. I knew what I wanted. I was willing to give up my 20s for it. Gave them up. Gave them up. You know, somebody said, it's difficult not to document right now. I'm like, but I, but I didn't, right? They're like, what? should I build my business or should I document? I'm like, both. He's like, well, I gotta pick one. I'm like, build your business. Like, so if, you're, if your ambitions are that humble, which they are, that's incredible. That excites me. Because by the way, here's the funny part. That's who I was too. I just needed 100,000 a year. Just, that seemed rich to me, right? Like, I was like, cool, I'm, I'll be okay. Like, like, I'll have a house. Like, you know, it's not, you know. I just needed to play, I needed the game. And too many people, too many of you in here want the stuff, not the game. When you fall in love with the game, everything's different because you've already won. That's real. It sounds cliche, but it's real. Number 43, look for positivity. You find what you're looking for. I've been giving a lot of thought to kind of just watching what I'm seeing out there in the social, digital ecosystem and very honestly, just real life. And I'm watching so many people over the last two to three years look for negativity, look for something that's wrong. Find where people disagree with them, fight. Look for woe is me, downside, half glass empty. And and then I go to a Twitter search or look around the world and I find ridiculously beautiful things every day, every day. Thousands of kind acts randomly by people. 
all people that I have conversations with who see the opportunities, whether it's in business like voice and AR or crypto or whatever it may be, just this amazingly interesting thing that I feel the majority of you are looking for the wrong. While there's plenty of wrong and plenty of right in the world, it comes down to one very simple thing. What are you choosing to look for? Because I promise you, if you right now, and I'm making this video for one reason, 24 hours of trying to find the good. Somebody saves a kitten, somebody opens the door, somebody does a nice thing for you, somebody says thank you. 24 hours of looking for positivity could change your life. Honestly, making this for one person, one. One person watches this video, chooses to do 24 hours of looking for good instead of looking for bad, and their game changes. DRock heard somebody at a convenience store saying, mom, you're always so negative, you're always so negative. I am blown away by the fact that life gets real simple if you break down into this. Are you looking for the negative? This government, this person, this is Or are you looking for the positive? She's nice, that's remarkable, I've got this opportunity. You choose what you're looking for because what you look for, you find. That's how life works. Number 44, make no excuses. I know you help a lot of people start, especially younger people, but how does a person with four kids existing right now, doesn't like his job, but just can't quit and sell stuff and find stuff in the junkyard? So if you're listening and you're over 42, let's just use my age, um, there's something interesting. You said something that I help a lot of people that are younger. It only has to do with one thing. They actually believe in the technology we live in, right? This room is filled with guys right now who've taken advantage of YouTube or Instagram or just the Facebooks of the world. And the only thing I need to do to break through somebody who's 47 in the suburbs of London mm-hmm. who has a mortgage debt and three children is for them to understand that unlike when he or she and I grew up and there was no internet, the thought of like having a happy life was separate than taking care of what you were supposed to take care of. The fact that everybody can come home tonight at six, seven, eight, nine p.m. and then take out their phone or their iPad or whatever and get to work for three more hours and go to sleep at midnight, get their good six or seven hours of sleep. I'm not talking about don't sleep. A lot of people get me confused. (laughs) My big thing is, If you're not happy, if you're happy and you make 37,000 pounds a year, mazel tov, do you. But if you are not happy, if you hate your job, right, you can do something about it instead of blaming Brexit or blaming (laughs) Trump or blaming your mom. Like, do something about it. And my point is, it's the internet. Number 45, blame yourself. Today I lost 50% of all the money that I have. People are ditching me because they don't want to go to a conference anymore. So I've been just full on. Right, getting on today. today. Yeah, that like, sounds awesome. All today. It just yeah, like, I like it. it hit me, you know? I like it. And so today, I like it. I'll tell you why. Because yeah. I, even I can tell by your demeanor that you're going to be okay. The fact that you realize that that negative moment has positive impact. The question is why did it happen? And that's why you have to be honest with yourself. I don't know, you know, but that's, you know, I'm pumped that you can have the, I mean, you're more positive than half the people here, and it sounds like you're having a terrible day. <laughs> and today I feel like, you know, super rage. That's why I wanted to ask you, how do you keep the positivity, the calmness, when everything is hitting the fan? Because basically when things happen, I go the other way. So tonight, I just was reminding myself every time I, every time you came and the next person came, I was just reminding myself, literally in my own head, saying, you don't mean I said it to one of you. I said, they said, how do you stay humble 
when you're so successful. I'm like, because I know if I die tomorrow, I'll have a good day on social media. <laughs> like, most comments ever on my latest post on Instagram, everybody's gonna be like, oh, that was the last one, weird. And, and I know that all of you will be on with your life a week later. You have to balance your ego with humility in the same way when I'm having my worst day, I realize I'm the best. I'm gonna be the best that ever does this. And so the way I handle things is when something's going one way, I use all my emotional strength to push the other way. What, what are you gonna cry for the rest of your life because the conference got up? <laughs> <laughs> like I just, like to me it's just like, look what the guys, if you're in this room right now, let me just remind you that there are 7.7 billion people. Literally right now as we stand here, there are women being shipped to be strippers in parts of our world. Right now, as we stand here, there are women who are basically caged, mentally, usually, and are being shipped to dance on a pole in Manhattan and in London. Like, do you understand what's, there's, there's genocide going on right now. Like, what do you think's going on? Like, we lack perspective. Your conference up, boo-hoo. I lost a client, boo-hoo. There's people dying out there. Like, like, so when Americans or Europeans talk to me about race or gender, I'm sad, it's their real life, but I remind them because it's a positive thing, cool, but let me tell you about the person that's ranked seven billion in the world. They can have it bad. And so I just, I struggle. Like I wanna, like I, I, listen, I'm weird. I think about things like animals, like I don't know. Like, if you're the best elephant, we are still better than you. <laughs> like, you know, like, we got real, like, listen, you know I got hot on this about a year ago, the 400 trillion to one. It's impossible to be a human being. You won. I don't know how to get upset after that. I keep in perspective, right? Like, you're gonna learn from this. You up. I promise you it's failing because of you. And, and when you start owning your and not blaming other people. And I think this is the kick I've been on lately on Instagram, right? Like, blame yourself. Uh, you know why I'm always happy? I blame myself. When you blame yourself for real, you're gonna always be happy. Because you don't feel like somebody else controls you. Number 46, find out your why. My big ambition is to be an all-time entrepreneur by both my success and my career, but uh, what has become more evident to people, I think, recently is also by influencing as many people as possible in a positive way so that they get theirs. Um, and that means the person that goes from the job that they're not excited about to making 84, you know, thousand sterling a year, being happy talking about their proper football team on Instagram and YouTube, to the young gal right now in Sweden who's gonna start a $500 million you know, media company. So I think to be the great entrepreneur of this generation, uh, there's clearly the Bezoses and, and the Elon Musks and the Zucks. I don't think I'm gonna be able to create that kind of wealth. Uh, I just wanna create obnoxious amount of wealth. Uh, but, you know, a billion dollars in a billion people, I think puts you above everybody else and, and I think that is where my behavior is right now. Like, why am I doing this podcast? Number 47. Live without regrets. But Venus Bulls, Venus Media, yes. uh, the book, yes. K Swishies, podcast. Yes. You do a lot. Yeah, man. I, look, uh, here's what I think I think we get one at bat. Um, the number one thing that scares me in life is regret 
I really, really, really don't want to be on my deathbed, whether that's tomorrow or when I'm 97 and think, I should have done that. I should like, that's, that spooks me, right? Like hard work, people judging me, leaving, you know, trolling me on social media, like all the stuff that normal people worry about. I don't worry about, I worry about regret. And so I'm trying to squeeze the, everything out of my life and so yeah i do a lot number 48 hustle underpriced attention my religion my religion how do you you define so let's just say if it's on facebook now how do you know how do you say you know okay it might be on twitter in two years or how do you go about finding that underpriced attention and how do you know it's underpriced too many of you in here have ego around your time when it's the only thing you got so the reason i always know is because I work. Because I work. I work. I try things. I test. I DM you back. I tweet. I, I work. So when you're in you taste it. And when you've done it for 20 years, you see patterns. Facebook's still underpriced. You just can't target 22 to 25-year-old African-American fans of football because other people are doing that too now. It's just like Google. Early on, you could just target soccer. One word, five cents a click. I did it. Wine. 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 But then I had to put, at the end of the game, now, I got to put 2013, you know, Heller Sellers, Zinfandel, like, long tail. Real estate. If you're right about London, look, this is my favorite. Do you know, do you understand that somebody once bought this building for a dollar? Somebody bought the land we're on for a dollar once. That happened. It's a long time ago. How do you know? You're a practitioner. The reason I do is how I learn. You gotta put out, all of you are like, well I can't do podcasting and Facebook and Twitter. Oh, but I can't, I can vlog, but I can't. Why? If you want it so bad. My thing is why? If you want it so bad, why can't, if you wanna have a media company around Caribbean food culture, why can't you? I wanna, you know what I wanna see? I wanna see all your minutes. (laughs) <laughs> I want to see all your minutes. I want to give you D-Rock for the day. I want to watch you from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep. Let me promise you something. You're going to get exposed. <laughs> so, so that's why Daily V happened. Because you guys, were, like a lot of you didn't know me before Daily V. How many people knew me before Daily V? Well, not bad, right? You got, you got to really know me post Daily V. Yeah. You heard hard work and hustle before, you were confused. And I've been doing that every day for 20 years. Number 49, maximize your strength. Like I wasn't born six foot seven and can run like a cheetah. I could wish I was something or I can realize I am something and try to maximize on that. It's a game of poker, you get a hand. Nobody's gonna cry for you about your hand. Nobody's gonna say, oh, it's terrible that you're not fast or tall or gorgeous or, ta- like, or, or, or can sing. It is what it is and now the only thing that can happen is you can figure out how to navigate it. The second you stop dwelling and the second you stop start doing, everything changes. They don't give a The second you understand that and just start trying to make it happen with that energy, you win. Number 50. Get authority. I'm 26. Um, I want to be, uh, I, I want to say a marriage counselor. I'm finding that every time I mention that, like, oh, you know, uh, what do you want to do with your life? And I tell people this, 
um, their instant response is, you know, how are you going to do that? You're not married. Um, <laughs> my parents are divorced as of I was eight, uh, since I was eight. Um, I'm not married. I can, an- I can answer your question right away. We're gonna build an amazing. Yeah, we're gonna build an amazing case study together. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you three names, um, and then you're gonna cruise into the sunset of success, which is let's figure out the three most successful coaches in the history of sport that everybody knows of that didn't play that sport. Bill Belichick, even though I hate him with all my guts, did not play <laughs> football. He grew up in the football game, right? His dad and what was a coach and what have you. But Bill Belichick did not play football and he will probably unfortunately go down as the greatest or if not one of the greatest head coaches of all time. You don't have to be, listen, I think you have to be, people have to be thoughtful. I hate 22 year old life coaches that haven't lived life but if they, if they speak about here's my life experiences and, and why, you, you can eliminate though very quickly the art. When somebody says to you but how are you gonna, you can't do, let me first of all, a couple other questions. Are your friends and your circle telling you you can't do that? Or are customers that you're trying to do that with telling you that they don't want to go with you because you're not married? Uh, no, this, this is more acquaintances, uh, people you know that I run into. Yeah, um, so my, l- listen, that's a mis- listen, that's a mistake. Like you can't listen to acquaintances, their opinions don't matter. Okay. You can't listen to. So how? You you can't listen to. How do I build that? How do you what? I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm I'm getting excited. You should talk. Go. (laughs) So am I. I'm like pumped. Um, basically, like I I wanna because I I follow you and I've been following you for a couple years now and I do agree what you have to say about education. I do think people are gonna start moving from you know going to school and sending their kids to school to finding I've ways. Got your, I've got your answer. Uh, I've got your answer and a lot of people get up. You know what I'm gonna ask Of course know. I know. I know exactly where you're going. So if you're not gonna get the PhD, there's only a few ways to justify and gives confidence to the end market what, what, why they would jump with you. It's crazy to me that so many people, I was watching 60 Minutes last night in the background as I was working and the way that Oprah was justifying the person was he has a PhD in this and a master's in that. The, even 60 Minutes used those pieces of paper to create author, authority. In our society, pieces of paper from businesses, and that's what colleges are, has been the authority. The only other people that get authority are the people that have gone out and done it and have people co-signing them, right? Makes sense. So the way you're, and this is why I love working for free. When you don't have a piece of paper, right, One of the reasons I love working for free is working for free for somebody who is that person in society, whether they got a piece of paper or their puff daddy and they just did it, becomes the equity that you trade under once you become great at something, right? Andy, Andy who's sitting here right now, every single famous person I see gives him a lot of street cred right away, not because he got a degree for personal branding and marketing for Virginia Tech, what, what degree did you get? Political science. Not because of his political science degree from Virginia Tech, but because he went and worked underneath me and I went out and did it and I always give him love and good vibes, the end. It's not Babin's degree from the USC School of Film or NYU. I dropped out. You know, so, so what you need and to do, it, what you need to do is uh-huh. one of two moves if you're not gonna go get a PhD and have everybody comfortable with it. You either need to go work for somebody 
that is the authority and ask all thousands of people that are authorities and work for them, or okay. you need to give your services for free to five couples, crush it for them, and use their word of mouth and endorsements and uh, as your leverage point. The end. 